Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the third episode of Craig Houston Talks 2. And before we go on to introduce the guests, just thank three of our supporters. First of all, wise man from the East who looked after us and uh, the Bars for Bears, Susie at the Bars for Bears, and also the uh, podcast rooms here in Glasgow. And just before we start, Susie had asked me to mention a special event they've got coming up, um, which is the Bars for Bears Legends versus Dukla Pumferson in what's called the Jimmy Bell Memorial Cup. And that is on the 8th of July at Renfrew Football Club, and you can buy tickets online. So thanks very much for the continued support there. Now on to a guest who will uh, be an odd one, because I've been friends for quite a while, and uh, well-known Rangers ICF football, ex-football hooligan Sandy Chug. Hello. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm not too bad yourself. It's quite strange, isn't it? That As is to sitting here <laughs> with cameras <laughs> and going to tell some stories. <laughs> It feels like a police interrogation. Does it? <laughs> a wee bit, I, it's a wee bit. I just think it's a bit bizarre the amount of years we've spent telling tales and now we've got two cameras watching mm-hmm. us tell them. So we need to remember they're there because yes. we don't want to incriminate anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to start off the the, uh, the interview, Sandy, if you could tell us and introduce us to people who maybe not, don't know who you are or have been living under a rock for 10 years or not Rangers mm-hmm. supporters, um, maybe a wee bit about yourself and up to the point where you get involved with um, the football hooliganism? Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, uh, my name's Andy Chug. Uh, I'm a Rangers fan. Uh, apparently, according to the papers, I was the leader of the ICF. Uh, I wouldn't say that's particularly true, but uh, I've wrote a book, uh, Sandy Chug, the famous ICF. Uh, obviously, I've been involved in protest groups with a big man here. Uh, Try to think what you see. I'm basically I'm 50. I've got four kids. Uh, I've just come off a, a three-year ban a year ago for trouble at the Wigan game, which was basically be getting leathered after <laughs> two groups of guys. But because I'm so well known, I get 12 months for that and banned for my beloved Rangers for three years. Uh, about football, I've been a Rangers fan since uh, it's well known, but uh, I stayed right beside Celtic Park as a boy. My brother started taking me to Rangers games, but one day he took me to a Celtic game. I think I was about seven or eight, and he was meant to take me to the Rangers end. But my brother, being my brother, couldn't be bothered with me, tied his scarf around his waist, and got me a lift out of the jungle. I was a very young boy at the time, and I just loved football. So I remember Roddy McDonald scored, it was 1 0, and I was. Uh, Sell it daft for about four years because it was on my doorstep and it was really, I don't know if I can swear, can I swear? If you want. To piss off my brother. <laughs> uh, and then about four years down the line, uh, I've all wanted to join the army. Religion wasn't a massive thing in my house. Uh, I didn't have a massive football influence because uh, my dad wasn't there and my stepdad who came in wasn't really into football. It was me and my brother, I followed. 
uh, and always wanted to join Marines of the Army. And I was beginning to hear, I was beginning to listen to songs like uh, "Soon There'll Be No Protestants At All" and "Go Home, British Soldiers, Go Home." Now I remember Rangers were months at the time. It was just before John Gregg got the sack, and I, I, I was a wee bit more mature and intelligent for my age as a young boy, and a wee bit studies, and I just went, I don't feel comfortable here. So I started going back to Ibrox with my mate Austin Stirrett, Aussie as we call him, uh, who eventually kind of got me into the casual scene. Oz, uh, I remember one time we were just going for primary school into secondary school, and me and Aussie used to go everywhere to see Rangers at this time, and Aussie started wearing like, these mad clays that nobody really think me, like Tashini, like Alice, Feeler, and all that, Father Truth. And we used to we used to no slag them, but Paul used to we used to sing casuals, eh, casuals, eh. And uh, where I came from in the Gallagher, yeah, it's a wee white scheme just at the bottom of Deniston. Now all we did is boys were up to no good. Uh, the wee gang was the YGMS, and we just used to fight every night. You couldn't go. The only place we could really go was north to Duke Street. We'd to spun the torch just to the southeast. Uh, with the Calton Tongs just. A wee bit along the road, and you the Brighton Daring. See anywhere you went, we were fighting. We were fighting mm -hmm. every day. What's the age would you have been at this time? <sighs> Young boy, about three, about seven, eight year old. And I, I mean, I remember about nine or ten, and I was kind of maybe back in the day. I, I was kind of fancied this wee lassie for Barrafield, Tracy Hayes, and she was going with her boy Scott Fleming for uh, Barrafield. And I swear to God, did, they used to be like 30, 40 at the high flats. I stayed in the hut to sneak up. Like the side door, uh, with many pitched battles, we the spurn the torch. We were much larger, much thing. They used to chase us into our scheme most times. And one time I remember they came into the scheme, and uh, parents and that came out, the McNairs and that came out with baseball bats, and we smashed them. And see, after that, we just go down to Barrafield. I don't know what changed, but it toughened you up. And gang fighting was just part of what we did. If we weren't up to no good, Whatever we were constantly gang thinking because you couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. Otherwise, you'd come across gangs. You know what I mean? And I think that's what when football hooliganism came in, it was like a progression for that. Uh, I sort of again to football casuals, obviously through Aussie, but my brother took us to a Rangers Celtic game one time as well. Uh, Park he's about eighty four, about eighty four. That was the first time I kind of went and kind of was involved. And it was just, it was just a buzz. The clays, everything, and at that time Rangers could pull a mob easy for four to six hundred, easy. Seeing uh, uh, seeing that, uh, the first two years I went with Rangers, uh, started a group Rangers soccer board with people like Jamin Rowe, Colin Mitchell, we have for Portal, uh, we Maxi, a uh, lot of boys, and that was Uri and we gang. And you'd have been what age at the time, Sandy? Uh, 12, 13, and I, I was getting a reputation. I, I mean, people think think when they, uh, I'm going to be six feet five, and bought that brick shithouse. I'm no, I'm just a normal wee guy for East End. But wee bit wide, wee bit, you no, know, I mean, he's no daft. And it, uh, and he's again wee guy. But I'm no some hard man. I don't proclaim to be some hard man or whatever. But uh, you'll have a problem if you ever, you know what I mean? You would have a problem. After I could get beat up, whatever, you would have a problem, even to this day and age. Right, but no, I'm no, no any big man. I've took many doing second prizes, but I've gave many out as well. But I'd, I'd like to think I'm a decent lad. I've never took liberties. I've took people's, I've found them. Uh, but that's basically how I get into casuals. So going back, would this have been about 81, 82 then when you started? Or sorry, about 84, I beg your pardon. 84, the scene up here had been gone before that. I remember I, I, I like to read papers. That's... I've always said, kind of like to read. Always been interested in reading, apart from maybe my felties, I kind of fell away from it. And I remember one time, I think Motherwell and Aberdeen had a pitch battle at Fur Park. And I, didn't, I was at that time, I'm sure it was about 83. It was in the Sunday Post and that. And I had really, I knew what the casuals were, but I wasn't into it yet. Because we were still wearing, we were still, I mean, most of us came from working class families of no poorer. And we were getting, well, talking to me personally, I was getting, and my mom would get like a wee kind of check before you went to school and you get took down to Jack the Lad and you buy white can cardigans, waffles and plastic shoes. Norwegians. <laughs> right, that was Norwegians. Well, regions I got into. Regions were expensive, the real ones. That was made of fashion. But uh, I know what you're talking about. Cheap regions, we'll call them. Right? But as I say, uh, 
my brother, my brother went everywhere with Rangers for a young age. He'd come back with all sorts of union jacks. He'd go out with maybe a five and come back with like 50, 50 quid robbing places. And it was just like going in Rangers buses. Rangers fans would take over everywhere. And uh, I just, I've always, I've always been part of gangs. I've always been, and see, see me added the football thing, because it was new and because it, and, and you were, obviously it was an English problem at that time, I know, mm. and you would see like fighting, and obviously as well, what drew me to football violence in general was the, I think it was the 1980 Scottish Cup final. 81 maybe? Was that the, the horses? No, I think it was 81 or whatever, mm. right? But I remember my brother was there, I remember watching it, and uh, I remember the end of the game. I think Danny McGrain scored, didn't he? One no. I can't remember the game because I'm a wee bit younger than Aye. you. So I was. Danny McGrain scored. But I remember anyway, the. I remember the aftermath. There's always there's always trouble. Not whatever. I'm, I'm I remember sitting watching that half terrified, half going, "Wow, that looks brilliant." Mm -hmm. uh, on the partner and she just because it was a, a way of life for me. I think it was just a natural progression into like the casuals. So before you had the uh, football hooliganism. Mm -hmm. You were involved in the gang scene. I basically which was just every, a stroke of nature. That's what happened. You were born in the East End of Glasgow and you had to really be in a gang. It was just because you stayed in that street, you were automatically in, mm -hmm. in that group. And that then led to the football. And mm -hmm. when the football violence kicked off, did the scheme um gang culture did that sort of sub subside because you were now maybe at a football with a guy that stayed in that scheme or did that still go on for a while it did still go on there was a lot of liberties took and all like people would get robbed of clays and all that and it, it wasn't right i think i was involved once and i was kind of semi-involved and i was disgusted it, it was like i think me a boy getting jacket took it off and i wasn't happy and about it, it but was that a scheme thing or a football thing i think it was me i kind of i don't know if it was a scheme or a fit but uh, it would be a scheme thing yeah what you would find was you would get only guys for different schemes, right? But it would still be even at a, I wouldn't say even SD, but these things always kind of produced mere boys, the kind of boys yeah. who were either the main men, the game like, like there's been a few exceptions. There's been even though the mob was starting the North End by a guy, uh, Peter Keen, you know what I mean? Uh, and some of the game is boys have came for everywhere. But uh, we started going up to Duke Street and all when we were about 12. And because that was our main further fair through like to park keep for the tune, we were fighting with Celtic soccer babes every night for about two years, usually taking a second prize. I mean, Celtic might I hate saying Celtic are a joke mob, but see for two years, but uh, up until they done that uh, gas bomb at Easter Road, Celtic ruled the tune. If anybody says they didn't, it's talking a load of rubbish. But after that, for some reason, we never uh, Celtic fans seem to get grief after in support, whereas I don't think your support for me. I think they tolerated it. Know what I mean? But uh, after about two years, we go and talk by. Even in this day, there's still up no needle, right? But you've got North End, you've got South Side, you've got East End. But or within the ICF, are you talking about here? Aye, but uh, at one time in the ICF, everything seemed to kind of equate to Duke Street. Yeah. Know what I mean? And uh, which was obviously in the East End of Glasgow. And as I say, there's been many game boys, Hardkey. Yep. Uh, Barry Johnson stayed in East End. Uh, millions of boys, wee wheels in that. And us for East End, the wee mob, we were getting quite a reputation because we were we were a good gang of Rangers soccer babes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? At first, the main mob didn't really want his gone uh, with them. That's what I was going to say. That, but why was why was the need for it anyway? Was it they did they did not feel comfortable with having kids uh, going with them? And... See, most of the guys, the like, main men, I say, if they didn't want, used to get. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. 
burrow.com slash ACAST. Cubbies, uh, so we decided to have yours and we were kind of awesome because we were fighting every night up at Duke Street at Tenants, United the Toon. We, we always like United the Toon. We like got under 18s and that. So the, the ones that were in the ICF proper, what's the age group would they have been at the time? Uh, they'd have been anywhere from about 15, 16 up to 18, maybe a wee bit and older. And that was that? That was that. Wow. You'd maybe different, get... That very different these days. Aye, aye. But uh, I can't remember who would be the oldest, who I remember as oldest person at that time. But they just didn't want us. We, 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 yeah. we were a nuisance. Mm. And uh, we were quite happy to do our own thing. And we started getting accepted when a lot of us through the soccer babes were stoned when these so-called older hard men were off. And obviously we were getting one. So after a wee while, we were, we were as made a part as in. You know what I mean? So, what was it that attracted you to go from the gangs and the schemes to the football? Why why did that become the main thing? What was it that attracted you? Was it just the clothes? Was it? Well, I, me personally, I was going to football games a lot now with my pal Wazzy. Mm. And then you just seen it keeping in. And the clothes was a big thing. You know what I mean? The clothes was uh, a really big thing. Come for East End, I'd need to go out and steal clothes and then sell them to my mom. You know what I mean? Kid on the shoplifters, I've done that regular mm-hmm. because it's, couldn't afford it. 13, uh, whatever, as I say, my mom and that, we weren't well off, so we were all we, a wee gang for the Gallagher. We were always up to just no good, we weren't bad boys, right? Mm-hmm. But we were, we were grew up, we had to, we were dealing with confrontation, more or less, every day or every night to go anywhere, whatever. And it was just there was there was one wee tiny football pitch in the Gallagher that's. Uh, They've now knocked down the flats where I grew up in. And it was that's all we had. We'd knee, we'd a swimming pool, which was kind of it was shut because it was getting derelict. It's still a listed building. We used to break in through the roof and go in it ourselves. And then we used to the police would get phoned and we tied up in the old house's lofts away from them. They couldn't find us. So that, that was about the only thing we had today. It was a wee tiny swing part. This was uh, they did eventually build. Crown Point, mm-hmm. running that, but we weren't really interested in that, you know what I mean? We were, we were just young boys doing, but most young boys done it that time. I remember coming at your house one night, and Kerry showed me a video, mm-hmm. and it, I think it would have been back to around about the sort of time we were talking about just now, and was it you and Kilroy Silk? That was a wee bit. Was that around about that time? No, that would have been about 88, so I'd have been right. working at that time, I was at 16 at that time, and I was working in the shipyards, so that had been a wee bit further on, so I'd have been about four years. For those that don't know, why were you in Kilroy Silk? Uh, basically, there was a train crash at uh, Belgrove, and I was half work sick, well, on the sick height with a sore leg after I uh, got injured. But basically, I was just swinging out, you know what I mean, to get a week off. And uh, I came out my high flats, and there's a train, there's obviously a train line goes right by, if anybody knows what I'm talking about. And uh, two trains had come in like that. So we were, I was being us away doing it and helping people off and all that. And then I remember one of the wee guys going, like, how do we not go to the Royal? We'll get our names in the paper. <laughs> so through that, I, I remember coming in through Bamal, I was going to probably be a wee boy through Bamal, Jason Miko used to go and hang about. And I came in about 10 o'clock that night, my mom's like, Sandy, I don't know, pals are winding. That's before mobile phones and that, so it's a house phone, the phone. But we've had a phone call for numerous phone calls, want you to go on a show down south, they're going to pay a hotel, pay a room, everything. You're wee bit wee bit late to go down a flight, can you phone him? So I phoned him and says, Kilroy Silk, so me and my ma get the sleeper down. Uh, so that's how I got on that, basically. So what did you do at the, 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 the crash? Basically, people who were in the last worst half patch, we were helping them out. You know what I mean? Were you there before? You, you, so you and your pals, you've heard this noise, I take it? No, we didn't hear it. We were coming down the lift. That's side 24 up. Right. We were coming down in the lift. Somebody just went like that. Uh, Two trains have crashed, it's all there. And if you know, it's about 30, 40 years. There's a, the street I stayed in the north, the railway line goes under just about 100 years from where, 200 years from where I grew up. And the signal box was just a line. Belgrove was only about half a mile away as well. So we were all just on a one doing. We were practically on it. So by the time you got there, was an emergency response no, no, there? No, 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 this was, this, see by the time we got on the lift, because see, we see we weren't in the lift, we'd have probably heard it. Through like the fire escapes a lot at the flats because mm-hmm. well, apparently it was an almighty bang, but we were on the lift probably carrying on, no, no, and we walked out like the foyer, go and it was I can't remember if it was an old, not an old woman, but one got 
Boys, Boys, there's, a, there's been a massive crash down there. Can, can, you, can you do anything? So that's been, that's been the time we get down there, there was people down there. There was a few people down there. But I remember some of the doors were shut and people were still trapped inside. Some people were just dazed. They, they were in shock, but there was a bit you just, you couldn't do nothing. Sorry, it was just crashed. Just crashed. So we were, we were doing the... Uh, doing the other carriages and I always remember there was this kind of older guy and he I don't know where he came but he was there right? he, he must have came for the scheme or he must have came for like, uh, like the tournament seller side because the tournament's not used to look on to the train line yeah. uh, and he was kind of I wouldn't say coordinate but he was going keep it calm and right? whatever I and we were just helping like kind of woman out uh, whoever was right and just helping them get in and helping them out and then uh, but that time, say about after about five, ten minutes, the emergencies services, services were there. But I, we got people out. And was there people, was there fatalities in there? There was two fatalities. As I said, there was one, but we went into, one but we prized open the door, but, uh, and why the carriage was there, but the carriage was like that. And I thought, at the time, I seen a airman under a pile of chairs, I might have just been mistaken with that, right? Or, I can't remember how that came about, but no, that Thinking about it now, I think I was just embellishing the story for for Kilroy. So, but there was two people dead. You could tell, like Aye, that. Right. But there's always actually actually surprised there was only, only two, two fatalities mm. because it was a really serious crash. But you were about seventeen, eighteen at the time. I'd have been uh, when was that? I'd have been March '89, so I'd have been coming up for seventeen. So sixteen. Sixteen. You're still seeing about a sight that sixteen-year-old kids mm. probably shouldn't see, and mm. you've still went. Do you know what? There's people in there that can't get out. And see when you open the doors, I mean, you know once you're in mm. what you're looking at, but you wouldn't have been fully aware of what you were getting into. We just, I don't know, as people think, oh, like you come for your scheme, not you're you're just a roughing, you, you like mm. fighting, you, you're up to mischief. Well, that was just our sort of a demograph or whatever. That was just growing up. That's what we all done. We'd, we all, that was the only things we had really at times today because there was absolutely nothing today. And if you wanted to do anything, you had to fight to get your scheme. If you were on the bus, I remember there used to be number fives, old London buses in Glasgow, and you used to jump on them to go to see who, who would try to get on the bus, to go away up to Scots and away back down. And obviously there was no doors at the back you could jump on, so you, people would go up, would go all the way up to East House as well. And that was like one thing you'd do, and all you'd noise just up. Just for a buzz? Aye, just for a buzz, aye. Just for a buzz. And you knew you'd, you'd the, the upper hand of being up the stair. So as long as you stood your gun up a stair, sometimes you get the windies panned in. Not, I was the same. People remember the faulty van that went up to Easter. So I used to get smashed up quite a lot in Fraser Street because there's a lot of selling casuals who got aim through that way. Uh, but I, we were, I mean, getting onto the train, you didn't think it. We were just wee boys, and uh, we knew people needed help. You know what I mean? And you just done, you done it. But I don't think we done anything heroic. We just went and helped people off the train. And we were why the first ones doing. We were just, it was, I wouldn't say fate, it was just the time when we, we got out and meeting the wee old woman in a pan. And I can't remember who was with me. See, this day, I still can't remember who was with me. don't know if it was wee Jason Michael John, but I remember somebody went, we'll go up the Royal because the papers are with her. We'll get her name in the papers. You know what I mean? I don't know if that started. That was the first time it was in the paper as well. And it was a good thing. I well, it was one, probably why a few good things have been in the papers for. Aye, I think there's been a few. I'll we'll, we'll cover them. But um, so that you're about seventeen at that time. I try to remember back middle of the rave scene. No, the, well, the rave scene was coming in no long after. It was kind mm. of acid house scene. Ah, the acid was probably right. You know, Aye, sixteen, seventeen, wasn't it? Uh, oh no, the rave scene was the rave scene uh, was gone by the time eighty nine came. But again, I was still into my football. The football was kind of dying down, but I was just. That was my thing. That was just... And you, I think it's fair to say when you were a kid, you maybe get into bother now and again off the coppers, but there was nothing serious, just a typical wee guy for East End. And, I would be know. up to this. We were looking to see what we could maybe steal off the back of like, uh, is it the old Greg's? I can't remember what the bakery was, but we'd be just, just up to mischief. No, no day and to people for the scheme. No day and to, like, just maybe get out and try to shoplift our stuff. I'd, I remember the penchant for wee... Match spoke more. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. But see if you have. I remember my mum telling me it used to be a old fine fair up in Duke Street, and she took me up one day about five, and she says we're going down the road and down my street. She, she's about five or six motors. She says I didn't even see. You. So I don't know if it was just 
kleptomaniac thing. I don't know. I don't know if I'm on the spectrum. I actually think sometimes I might be on the spectrum with my behaviour and the way my life is. But I just always liked have big shops, even this, even this day, I kind of not noise up and take like food and all that, right? Just for the noise up, just for just because I'm like that. It, it, it's there. The wee man, the wee man's getting the bigger thing. I mean, what it's getting flung out at the end of the day, mate. You know what I mean? Uh, so I may as well help the planet. As I mean, when you got to be 18, that unfortunately changed, and you got into a wee bit more serious trouble around about that time. I will, uh, the rave scene that I always like get out, I always like going to the unders and all that. And I was going to the dancing quite young, and not 15. We'd go into the unders, fight our way all the way out to the Gallagher. We'd get him and get changed. And uh, why the older boys, Andy Morrison, was a bouncer on the Viva. So we go back in. So we were always about the tune. We were always, most of these were shoplifters, you know what I mean? Because you had to be. Very rarely, there was only one or two boys whose family could afford, like the clobber that was going about, like £100 trackies. Now people laugh at that now, but you were like, what? £100? Uh, I Chris Gooden, uh, Burberry, but you name it, it was all expensive. You know what I mean? And it was evolving all the time. And it's, you couldn't go just with the, with the one set of clobber all the time, so you'd get, you'd get pelters for it. So it was all about fashion, all being one up. And uh, By the time you saved up for something, it was something else. It was out. Aye, I will go. See, see but obviously, but when I started working on it, I didn't hate stealing all that. I had a good job, but. Uh, I don't know how I fell into selling ecstasy. I just did. I didn't need it. Uh, I was much better off than my pals, but I've just always been drawn to do something. See, I don't know. See, looking back, see me, I like taking risks, right? But I don't take, like taking risks if it's going to benefit me. See, if there's a chance it might get me into trouble, whatever. I'm attracted to that. That's what I'm attracted to. I've always, it, it, I've been like a magnet that, Trouble, even if I'm not going anywhere, trouble draws to me. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I remember uh, Rangers played Derby, the second friendly down there. And uh, me being me, I like a carry on, right? It's it's camaraderie. That's all part of the football scene. That and all. It was young boys, you get a laugh. You slag each other. It was, you know what I mean? It was just, he, even this day, and I went, I'm going to kid, I'm going to jump in this Polish van. There was millions of them, right? Uh, not a soul in the driver's seat and I've jumped in. Turned round and there's about eight of them in. They went, you didn't hear me. But you didn't hear I'm only carrying on. <laughs> so stuff like that, that which could have been serious. I, I, I've just always seemed to be drawn to it. Right. And I don't know if it's, I don't know. So I how long have you been selling the ecstasy before you get caught selling ecstasy? And then? Uh, about, what, maybe six months. Is that But six months. And I just thought, because ecstasy was quite expensive, £20 that. And uh, to my Japan as well, and... Thing me, I didn't realize the consequences yet. I did, I didn't obviously a new drug thing me not ever right, but I was like smack and coke or whatever. Wow. There was a massive smack problem in Glasgow at the time as well, starting the 80s. And me being me, I just didn't think. I didn't think. And I remember one night, maybe it might be thing me, and we were going out, and it was a certain night. Celtic played Aberdeen, I think 1990, I played Aberdeen in the cup final at Aberdeen, I think, one in Perlins. I remember that Brian Oven scored, it was like seven eight or something, and we were going out, and about 10 o'clock at night, the door went, I just, my door would go all the time, I didn't open the door, pause. So I'd had the stuff hidden outside in a wee kind of plant pot, and we'd verandas in the high flats outside, and so they were asking me where the stuff was, and I was like, oh, no, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. Then they started going, oh, we're going to do all your pals. We're going to, my mom had a locker door, right, for, for some reason. And a bedroom door. Aye, right, because I, I was a nosy bastard. My brother was a, my brother at the time uh, was obviously involved in drugs. And I don't know, it's just, I can't believe I've said that, right? But uh, then I said, my guy about that, and, my, and all your pals are getting to jail. Me being me, I stupidly, I showed the police where they were. They you, might know if I... You showed them your own stash. Aye, right, eventually, after about an hour and a half of being coerced, and, yeah, yeah. right, and then the final straw was, like, my guy maybe jail you more. All your pals are getting to jail. No. They're all getting a weekender and we're busting all the houses. Me, no being wide or no having anybody put me wide to that. Uh, I thought it was doing the right thing. Looking back, I should have just let them search to see the polls. The polls will tell you every lie under the sun. They'll try to bully you. They'll try. That's what polls interviews are for. To try to get you to get a confession. And as soon as you say, I want my, uh, my lawyer there, I'll need advice. And they uh, find me my lawyer. 
it doesn't prejudice you. You know what I mean? And I've got to laugh. See, I'm not saying and about there's because we need the polls and I'm right, but there's so many corrupt polls, even to this day. Allegedly. Allegedly, right? I don't care whatever, right? Well, you only need to look at the mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah right? You only yeah. need to look at the mate, right? Yeah. And uh, they got them caught and swearing the Bible in their bare face. Like, I've, been, I've been in trials, right? And I know the polls are bare face lying. I've got no bad evidence. That's before CCTV. And they still want to kind of embellish things and make it mere what it is. And I'm like, why? Why? Oh, you've got a case. And, and, I, and then if you ask plenty of people who's had uh, more involvement, heavier involvement, heavier charges than me, they, they'll, you know what I mean? It's maybe not the same as now, but uh, you've, you've always seen, I know I knew what, what I knew, I didn't know at the time, we got a good cop, bad cop, somebody looking at you, somebody, right? So everybody's got a role in a bus. And I just wasn't white yet. I, was, I thought I was white to everything. I thought I was a wee bit clever, but that time I, I wasn't. So you come into the house... Put a bit of pressure on you for an hour, hour and a half. You eventually say the drugs are there, wherever they're hiding. Lifted immediately, processed. Did they keep you in? Did you get I, out? I know they kept me in uh, uh, the Monday. My pals got out. Uh, we up to court on the Monday. Up to court on the Monday. Let me guess, you pled not guilty. Yes. I thought and so. I, and it's, uh, I mean, I've been through the children's panel system. They actually put me through the adult court one time, getting the jail with that one. It was actually a minor. Okay. Uh, that was the time Selig won the league in, uh, in the Pipped Hearts. Long story, right? But and uh, but it was my first offence as an adult, mm-hmm. plus the fact I had a good job. I, I mean, I had an apprentice. There was only 10 apprentices. Apprentices were done with. That's right. And I remember Caverna took our governor. Luckily, I knew the managing director's boy, Craig Gallagher. I used to actually look after him. We played with Rangers. And uh, he was the deputy managing director. Uh, he was an Oxnard man. So basically, I just had to pass the aptitude mm-hmm. test. And only 10 started. It was the first apprentice he's governed that took on in years. And uh, I mean, I was on a right good wage, I know. And I just didn't. A, you don't think you're going to get caught, right? Yeah. You don't think. B, I thought, I can't wait. Right? But see, somebody sat me down and went, see if this happens, this is what you do. Nobody had. It was a lesson learned. And it was, and it, no, what I was selling drugs, I'd, I'd get a heavy punishment. Which probably affected most of my life yeah. for there. But I own it, it's my decision. But I was when I went for sentencing, I was a wee bit bad. I get I done a deal, uh, I played, and I remember it was around about Christmas. Now I get three year, three year, two, two, two. I remember the judge saying, Your social inquiry reports are some of the best I've seen. But I was tell I was getting three year, but you still don't think. I'm took down to the cells and I'm seeing Big Sam. Life of 18 years, whatever. I kind of felt a wee bit better than that, right? But I'm like, eh, I get all the things, it was to be three years, I, I could go for parole in a year, and I would be out in two years, but I'm like, two years, they don't remember me, and oh, you're just. But I had a wee pal who just, the two days before that, who came from a wealthy family, he was a grandson of a Celtic, certain Celtic legendary manager, right? Mm-hmm. He got caught with mere drugs, mere money, and his private school. Selling, he got community service. Wow, right. And see, for years I was really bitter about it because I, I realized then there was different scales of justice for different people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's class specific. I and I, I and I just went. I don't know if ever if I really offended if I get community service or whatever, but that would have been an option. And that was me lost the job, lost everything despite it being a first offence. And as I say, I own it, right? Mm. own it, that was a law, whatever, but it just stuck in my craw. That wee guy got that. And that gave me a wee bit of hope, and then I realised, no. Right, so you started selling drugs. Within six months, you're caught, and you actually actually point the stuff out to the coppers. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fair to say drug selling maybe shouldn't have been your game. Mm. Wasn't it for you? Well, not at that time anyway. That's all I'll say. Before I prejudiced myself, right? (laughs) So you're in, where did you go? Where did you serve the uh, It was a Friday, I remember, I think it was about the 13th of December. I remember, I remember, the, I remember the spiel with the judge, I'm sitting there, I was strong up with a suit and all that, on the old high court, and he went, but you've gone badly wrong, and that's when I realised. So I didn't take me to Berlin the first night, and the wires were put in the top flat, and I think that time you were doing for your dinner, 
So I was getting took to home on the Saturday and I go down and I remember coming up the stair with my tray and I tripped right, just a wee bit and everybody's going, oh, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, I says, I'm somebody's going to sexually abuse me or something here. No, I mean, I was a tobering up. I thought I was a wee wide on a wee game cunt and could ha- could, was capable. No, I was like, oh no. I went, eh, the next day I was took up a Pullman. Eh, spent four months in Pullman. Because eh, I was, because I, I, I made a list, had a welding trade. I was, I was not going to be long to finish my trade up at Castle Huntley. Eh, spent nine months up there, which was a good nine months. I used, I used it wisely. I get parole 13, after 13 months. Uh, I bet I'd done a Princess Trust course. I was getting out every day and I, I get picked for why they used to, amateur teams would take you out. And there was a prison officer, Fraser Mortimer, I think, came to watch a big guy play for the jail team. It was my first ever day. And I remember that day well because it was the day Rangers won the league against Aberdeen 91. Because mm-hmm. that was always asking what was the score, score. So I had a stormer. So I was getting out twice a week to train, once to play. And I was getting out every day on this Princess Trust course. So they used to call me the lodger. That was my nickname, here the lodger. So uh, I used my time wisely. One or two things I might have dealt with different outside, with hassle, with people. Uh, they don't visit at a time. And I wanted to take it out. And I had to swallow my pride because I was going to tell the screws, look, don't go there. You're going to go all the way down to uh, Dumfries, which was the way you go down for Pulton. You got to Castle Huntley. And if if you were bad in Pulton, you'd go to Dumfries, Chesterfield, just to call it. And that was where all the murderers and all the right crackpots went as wild. You know what I mean? And I went, nah, I'll just stay here. Because I, I feel like I was getting my par- parole first offender. And I went, I'm not spending 13 months in here. And see, I always remember, see the night before I got out, there was an officer I got on well, he was at ex-Marines, did know, it was a few years ago, Harry Siddle, he's well known, it's a PTI. And I remember getting out, I think it was about, yeah, it was the night before I got out, and he called me out to the office and he went, see you, I don't think you'll be back in here. I went, how's that, Harry? He went, see that time with such and such, I'll no name him. He went, see the governor, everything that's going on, letters under the door. He says, that's how you were telling you were going to do it to Jesse Field. He says, you must have a wee bit of noodles about you that you knew it was going to be a bad move. So he told me, basically, too, people had a problem with were grasses. They were bringing drugs into the jail, but they were grasses. They were doing all the grass in with it. And, and it, it was a lesson learned for me. Sometimes the people who shout maced or are maced anti-screw or whatever, I'm not saying everybody, but in my opinion, they're the ones to watch. Try yeah. to paint a picture. And that's been my experience, and uh, the second, but I've been in a couple of times in the jail, last one obviously for Wigan. Uh, you've got to have your wits up, you know what I mean? And uh, there's grass, people will always do something to try to get something in all life, you know what I mean? But sometimes at least suspecting people who you think. And I know I know, see the highest level of criminality, right? People say, people call it trading now. They know everything about your business, special branch and that, and they will trade to save yourself. One or two, you'll get exceptions, but don't kid yourself. People will trade, right? They'll get information, because you see if the police have got something wrong, like maybe you're having an affair or that, they'll use it. And I've had police trying to tell me, as a grassman, I was going down on Mars, and I couldn't understand, because I wasn't really doing anything at the time. Uh, I'd spoken about with some right heavy people, and I was kind of... And I went, why me? Why me? I think it was the start of that so- soccer. And they tried to bullshit me. And I went, ah, ah fuck off. I don't give a fuck. I, I just bought a house. I think my two boys were born. I mean, I've got two boys here. See if I lose house, whatever, and they end up in some scheme. I don't give a fuck. I went, my boys are only getting tired that I'm a grass. And I remember going out the door that time when I says, hey, you've been busy lately. And that was the only time. Because I, I, I knew how to deal with police at that time. I wasn't intimidated. I was in the, in the, I sure as fuck, two weeks later, phone goes in the basher phone I had, and I had about four or five basher phones at the time, and sitting in my mother's, and it was them. And they, they told me not to go to my lawyer, not to tell anyone, but I went straight to my lawyers, and I went straight, and I was gutted. I went, why me? Why? They must think I'm vulnerable. And the lawyer was like that, looked, Bloody, bloody, blah. So when I go out phone call, I see if you've been listening to my conversations on this phone, which like was my sensible bachelor. Nothing. I mean, you'll know I went to my lawyer, you know I've told whatever. 
the people who I thought it was about actually wanted me to go with a dictaphone, but they never went to a meeting. And then these posts weren't even registered as posts. There was a thing through the door at my house, and I'm like, what the fuck's this? And then eventually get a meeting. And, I mean, I remember coming out greeting, but this should have happened years ago. I went, why me? I went, why Why no people who are doing a lot more things? And that was a lesson learned and all. But sure as hell, six months down the line, something did happen in what I was doing. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm a good pals go to jail. I lost a lot of money, and that was me done with my nefarious activities. So, but, when would this have been? 2008, 09, Sam? You were born in 04. Uh, but it'd been running about been sometime after 04. I bought the, bought the big house in Canvas Line. Because that's when you and I became Aye, so would it, I, would I've been running about. I can't, I just remember all the palaver. And I'm like, if they're listening, I'd have got that phone number. They must be listening in. And I went, no, no, I went, no, where are you going for me? But see, the Polish want to intimidate you. Or if you go higher up the food chain, if they've got something on you, it, it's like, see, like Northern Ang take it to an extreme level. That's how so many people were recruited as touts by the British government special branch. Because they'd something on them, or they would be paying them, but usually they'd have something on them. You know what I mean? It would be intimidation, it would be... And that's the way they work. See, see if you don't want to go to jail, don't do the crime. You know what I mean? If you, That's my opinion. So you came out of jail, you're now, what, 2021? No, I was 19. Really? I was uh, 19, I mean 1992. And the rave scene was kick, was kicking right off. So when you came out, good intentions, straight and narrow, I'm going to change my life, or were you in, just thinking, I'll just stop doing that wee silly thing and I'll be all right going forward? What I was good, your thoughts? Good intentions, see, coming out. I uh, actually got myself a job again and declared my criminal thing, and it was with a blacksmith and good job. But I was going out all the time, and I remember a wee pal, God rest his soul, <coughs> that's dead, um, that knows me no more. He was hanging about with a wee lassie who was quite close to somebody who's like, who maybe no knew because there's legal stuff going on. There's top, we're up and coming, coming up top of the food chain. And he was getting like 20 eckies or whatever, 50 eckies or whatever. We were going to a club called Circle. And uh, he was on money all the time and he was going to get done in. He was going to about, we ended up going with the wee, but I don't know name, I don't know your names. And uh, within about, I don't know if it was just the entrepreneur or whatever. I've just seen a, a good earner and I'm like, know what? It doesn't mean if I get done again because uh, I can't emigrate. I've always got this charge because it's been three years. It's always got to board my record. It's never got to be spent. It's no matter what I do. And I went, ah, oh, fuck it. Why not? So I was back in about it. And so and, uh, and when was this? What age are you now? Uh, I've been 19. So you're no long out. You must have been out a matter of months. Was long a matter of months? And I was just like that. And I went, I can know what I can affair went it, and then I didn't really want to do it. You know what I mean? But uh, there was just too good an earner there. And I went, my mate's going to get that. <laughs> this might be sound daft, right? But my wee mate was going to get shooed in. You know what I mean? Because he just wasn't he wasn't thing me. And I've learned a lot of lessons about it happened to me. And I went, why no? I'm not forcing them to take people want them. People are looking for them, it's demand and supply. Right, uh, I was taking them as well. So, if anything was going to happen to them, it was maybe going to happen to me because I was taking hunters. Everybody was out of town. So, where, where were you with the football at this point? You're, you're obviously you're not a baby anymore and you're in uh, the proper ICF, I take it at this point. Ah, you're, been, but it went I kind of slowly get enticed back into the football still. So, had you left the football when you and tried to stay away for that when you came out of jail? I just think the football kind of went. From you were meeting like Hibs casual and that at Raves that you used to fight being you, yeah. you blah that right, but it was it, it wasn't really a thing. And I just I still kept my kind of year in because I, I just liked that. I just and uh it, don't know see to be honest, I don't really know how I felt, but I started going to games again, started going, and we had a good wee kind of a tight neck group at that time because it was priest Lakeford, which was a real turning point for everybody. I mean, I was still going. When it just wasn't fashionable, wasn't wasn't fashionable, and when the Scottish National Fund uh, came about through Warren James McLeod, and that, I was dead against it first. But and what year would this have been? That's been ninety-two. No, it'd been much later than that. We were we were football was kind of dead there and all right because I remember we were going to an Aberdeen game, and uh, 
two minibuses turning up. I was staying in Cumbernauld at the time with Alassie. I got into the minibus, I looked in the house. He's about five boys, and he's about 18 packed in there. And I'm like, ah. I used to get told off the people I dealt with. You didn't ask what happened? I don't know. I went, I really... So you've gone to Buster's Five Rangers, there's about 18 hibs, and I, you've gone where? Going up to Aberdeen Got to Aberdeen, it was a Rangers game. So they're but, joining forces with you to get them. Aye, and this it. was after Slateford. Maybe go back to Slateford. To Slateford was... We'll talk about that, right? Cause Slateford go for it. Was, oh, just in Slateford. See, Slateford, remember one time... There was still a wee bit going on football, but it wasn't right. We still had a wee core, I think, whatever. But you used to just go... To the grand track to go through the town centre, whatever. But this time, uh, we'd arranged to meet Hibs at Slateford. And I remember being, I, I'd been out on a Friday night, and I remember, uh, I think I took Valent to get asleep. If you know, if you take Valent, you get a kind of hangover thing. And I got into the pub in Central Station, but we're getting the long train run, and there's only about 25 us, right? And there's a cut, I took a couple of young boys with Shelton, and I'm like, ah, wow, you're going to Edinburgh to take on Hibs, and the matter of Hibs only met you have. And I went, right. See where the new where Slateford was. Right, Slateford's the equivalent. Slateford's just at the very, very west end, Edinburgh, by Gorgina. So it's the equivalent of Hibs coming to meet us at Easterhouse. Mm. Hadn't even done. So I remember going and feeling like shit and going, just hope we get fucking caught with the coppers, kick back game. Right, and we're getting to <laughs> No fancy. I just was like, ah. I don't know, there was an inkling I went, this is. No, I mean, I'm just, we didn't have enough boys for starters, I thought. Mm. And I'm like, we're going to meet, meet Hibs, and I knew Hibs would be there. And I remember coming out of Slateford, and one was on the phone to Davey Cannon. He says, about 20, 30 of them down that street. And I, I remember Carrick getting out a bag of claw hammers. And I was still asking, like, no, a good idea. We didn't know was James McLeod that came in the furniture van during that conversation. It was in about 60 of them. I, don't, I couldn't really put, but they did a lot more than us. I remember a wee guy across the platform for I was trying to get all the bridge in. I don't know if it was a, a, a wee kind of industrial estate, but we came out Slateford Road, to the left. If you get down Slateford Road for the change, then it kind of inclines a bit, and then you go under. It's like a bridge. Oh. So I remember we're just doing fire down, we're going ahead, and we're actually getting the better hubs, right? There was one side there to the left, and there was one side there to the right. There wasn't many, if you, if you know football, there's no many front liners. You've got your front liners and find you've got guys at the back. And then next minute, Hibs second wave came. And see that one where you just went, wow, I can't remember who went down here to the left. I was away to the right. And they just went down. Mulsey went down, I think, Alan Kerr. And they were just getting full in. And by that time, they were coming round. So you were trying not to back off, right? You were trying, right? But there were just two men. And I remember that at the time, I'm like, fuck. I'm going to get done in. I'm going to get done in. And kind of, you know, you get the fight or flight. Mm. I was like, ah, oh, no. And I, you couldn't get the guys who it was. So they backed so many off. I remember feeling shite, but we were still chasing us up the street. And we'd back half. And, and then we'd get enough space to kind of go like, there, try to get back to get the guys. But the guys were fucking, and that's what went for about a mile all the way up. And I'm like, just Paul's going to come. Please fucking come. The Paul's eventually came. That's how bad it was. The only time at football. Oh, it's been a few times, but I, I went, well, I'm really going to get fucking done in. Mm-hmm. So, is there a, is an honour amongst the, the Football Violence guys at that time? See when the guy's down, are they taking liberties or are they going, right, he's he's out the game, but, let's go on somewhere else? Or? But I know something there's meant to be, right? It depends. I don't know if I've ever, I probably have guys when they're doing, but usually when they're doing, I'll try to stop or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're doing, you're doing, right? But in the middle of a big fight and everybody's frenzied and again you've got that fight or flight and the adrenaline everything and you're trying to make sure that you're doing your bit and I just felt the, the two wee guys I took the from me and all I think they get battered and all and I just remember getting him in the train and that's when I was questioning why the fuck are you doing this? Well, why and are I you doing it? Is it? Is it the adrenaline? Is it the? Is it? The, do you enjoy the violence? Is it the camaraderie? What is it that gets? <sighs> Do you want to know something? A lot of it was a camaraderie. Going places yeah. and that, like, having a drink with boys, a, a laddies thing, right? Some people, I've said, some people play ball, some people will go out and eat and whatever, right? People slagging for doing that because they're not really into it. People are into yeah. different things. That was just, I, I did like the social thing. Right? So you boot drink, you boot whatever, yeah. right? And yeah. you'd be having a laugh with your pals and that's that. That's what I like doing. 
that is exactly what I like doing. I like going out. After we'd be out during the day, wherever we went, we'd go to the Savoy nightclub and all. A very good time. Maybe go back to mine for a party. That was just my scene. That was just... Uh, so without one, you didn't have the other? It was... I, I, and what started happening after Slateford that, I remember uh, David not saying about the Nashville Sorry, film. what, what years are you Slateford? Slateford, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. What right, age would you have been, roughly? It must have been, well, it would have been about 95, 96. Okay. Right, 90, I'd say about 95, 96. And I'm like, why are you doing this? And it kind of got untrendy to be, you still good drinking, there's a wee squad, but... Most of the boys had stroke gone. So that I think I had stroke gone. I, I don't think there was much happening at football. And uh, I remember it was waiting we were gone. We had and I'm like, ah, no way. And I remember see after sleep for the all. I remember we used to drink in a pub of Gullis region. And we were gang handed, right? And we were on the phone. Habs and we were expecting them through. Why the boys who my best pal, no mention his name, had a shotgun and a thing me, and they never come through. They say somebody get to jail. And I, I know in my heart of hearts. I knew they shot it. So that gave me a wee bit. I find me, but I always felt with Slateford. I should have just took a doing, but I really thought, oh my fuck. Eh, because there was just nothing you could do. Nothing you could, and see where the boys went doing. You couldn't even see who was doing right. You just knew it was like kind of frenzy doing that side. And this side was kind of had held their grunt, but they were coming round and coming round. And you were trying to get there. And, I don't know. I just, my brain went like that. They know what. You can't get to him. You're not going to get to him. Why take a doing for the for the fact? And there's still a wee bit of me. I'm like, ah. so we went for Slateford. We went for Hibs meant to be coming through, and uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. it was something dangerous would have happened with uh-huh. your friend with a weapon, and they, you know they never showed up for whatever. How do you go from that to being in a minibus with a dozen or so Hibs going to Aberdeen? Because you would still have games that you go for a drink. You'd think something would happen. Maybe, but the polls were getting right underhand with that. And then with the thing with the national form, there were still wee mobs gone. Dundee United, I tell I have still gone sporadically because Dundee United did a right good mob at that time, if I remember. And having a right uh, Kilmarnock. Couldn't remember his years, but running about the same time, Kilmarnock had a good mob at semi-finals and that. I remember one a really good fight that came out at the end of this well, not a really good fight, really good mob. Uh, so there was things happening sporadically. You know what I mean? And I just I would fall out yeah, for a wee bit, but I just always, I seem to always get roped back in. I couldn't totally leave it. And I think, see, growing up now and looking back at my past, my children, I felt important. I was important as well. You know what I mean, I was a face. And yep, yep. Uh, no matter what it was doing, otherwise, uh, going about with a suntan, jewellery, all the nice clays and that. And obviously, Erling, uh, I was still working at that. I would work at tough jobs now at that time. You know what I mean? I'd, and I just in my twenties, and I'm like, ah, well, why not? Because I still like going to football. You know what I mean? I would at that time I went to the games quite a lot, even if it was Ibrox. There was a lot of boys would sit in the pub. I wouldn't say I went every week, but I still went. And uh, it was still a thing. But after that day, I'm like, ah, we Aberdeen. I went, ah, nah, but go to know the Hibs boys, and the Hibs boys were good, and they were committed, and there were still mobs we, we wanted to have Dundee United, wanted Aberdeen. I, I, I was probably the only reason I kept going to football because I, I, I slag Aberdeen found me I should have realised Aberdeen have got a great mob right but at that time obviously a lot of people had nefarious activities going on down here CCTV polls so we were always trying to get I think I was a courier at that time and all and I was always trying to get Aberdeen to meet us out the road because I knew Aberdeen well because a courier up there and they just wouldn't come but it would come through down to Ibrox whatever gang handed and try to go through you with the polls right and that just used to hurt me. I went, doesn't need to be this way, because if you're caught doing that, you're getting to jail. You're getting to, you may as well fucking put the bangles on. And I would rather get the bangles for me. At the time, I was like, I'd rather get the bangles for fucking making money. And I used to question all the time about Dean. But I just, it, it, there was something in me. What, I get about Aberdeen? Something about Aberdeen, something about, I just like getting out. I still like getting out, and I still like kind of travelling to places. As I said, there was st- still some stuff going on, but it was very, and it wasn't kind of trendy to be, right? But it was still a wee kind of core, and I had a lot of respect for like Davy Carrick and that. It was still way of warning that, and I felt if I walked away, I was letting them down. There was just something I couldn't leave it. And then after that, when uh, the national form, 
We started going to a couple of places together. I remember trying to get uh, trying to get Dungeon United at Tynecastle with uh, the national firm, and we couldn't get with. I used to meet and they turned up and we went back to Gorgie with Tibbs Hearts. I can't remember the wee boy for Dundee and Rangers. That was the main right, but it was all boys that were fucking fully committed. And I remember uh, the semi final. We eventually go to Aberdeen's bus and a couple of boys got on. The guys were getting to jail all it. But that was the spark again. Uh, we went down to an FA Cup game. No, it wasn't an FA, it wasn't an FA Cup game. Middlesbrough against Man City. Middlesbrough were the top ball player. Right? There was only about 50. No, a lot of boys knew we were going for a fight. And we're sitting, planted up the station, just up, about a mile and a half walk up to Main Road. Can't remember the name. It's a big thoroughfare. And this guy comes in, like, he came in like fucking Snoop Dogg. Right with two birds, like whatever. He was like Middlesbrough main man. Hibs, Hibs knew, but a couple of boys for Hibs knew Middlesbrough. Right, my pally with him. And I remember we walked up with the grun as the game was coming out. Mere fans coming out, mere fans coming out. And next month you just see the polls with two worlds. Think Man City were on the right, Middlesbrough were there. Middlesbrough were a, like, might have been a really good one. And I remember we, we kind of were on this wee grass and somebody for some reason, started shouting, Scotland, Scotland, and we were frenzied. Right? We, right? I remember this uh, guy, I can't remember his season, but yeah, turned out he was an undercover cop. Why the big, why the boys, big bubble tones went bang. An undercover cop. Aye, so we are trying to get through the escort, right? Middlesbrough got a much bigger mob. Man City, I think we're right. Who used to fight with, by the way? Middlesbrough. Man. Right. And right. the Man City know you're there? No. Or? no it was like fifties on a wee jolly. Just, we, we, we lied to people we were going to Stoke because Stoke were Stoke uh, were pal of Dundee United. Right. So we lied we were going there, but we won the really we were going to have it with Middlesbrough, but we're keeping it in the QT, no to frighten people. And uh, we done our best to we see the pole. That's when the polls are batting charges. Right, like, we are getting batting charges. And uh, I remember people getting uh, getting to jail. I remember this big pause, honestly. He was trying to clip my heels for ages. I'm zigzagging, thing me right. And I, I'm not going to lie, we were, we were, full of, we were mad, but right, we were fucking eyes okay. I remember fucking, what did I turn around and say? I went like that, fuck you, you fucking, what you trying to do, you big English prick. Next minute, he's, I've enraged him. Next minute, he's zigzagging again, trying to get me, and I could fucking hear him. I went, he's got to catch, boy, catch. And I could see boys jumping down a wee lane, and it was like in a universe, and I jumped down, no, I was. Couldn't run into a ball. I'd, the I, copper? Aye. See, during this time, I had a wee bit of whatever, right? And I'd flung it at a bus boat, right? Aye. I went, I'm not going to jail with that. And I remember going back and going, ah, you funny, I'll fucking teach you, right? It was in agony. I remember what, being sick all the way doing it in this fence. We met the house end, which was shut the time. So, me being me, I went, I'm going to run into a bus boat. Ah, yeah, I was lying there. We then went to Blackpool after that. And uh, two split up with two dancings. Eh... Uh, and the got, there was trouble to end it. We were half on the bus, it was bouncers. We ended up learning the bouncers. It carnage everywhere around this bus. It made the news in Blackpool, made the thing we whatever, right? See, at the time, we didn't know how much intelligence we had. Seen it came to court, came court, two of my pals were done with it. Right? And I was, on, uh, I was only one or two witnesses because only thing me, my life was no bad. That'd have been 96, no, it'd have been about 97, right? Because I was doing my HND in sports coaching, right? Years, I've got an itchy nose. No, my nose is running for some reason. And uh, they got me down. There's about tw this is King Court, right? So it's like serious. I didn't realize I thought it was just a daft football breach. And before I went to give evidence, I said to the lawyer, I said, He's looking at it. He went, Two years. I went, What? For that, he went, Ah, yeah, it's it's a free, it's different levels of free. So I go down and give my evidence. So they bring up certain things from my past. And I went, Look. We were just doing for a stag deal. It was dead eloquent. I went, I'm no saying there wasn't any bother. I'm just saying we got lost. If we get involved in something, the police are thingy. I went, it's carnage, right? I went, we were only doing for a fight. So it went to a mistrial. Next time, I was the only witness. Aye, they get not guilty. Because again, I don't know what the police say. The police doing their 12 police. Try to embellish it. Right? See me come out of court. I remember why the boys' he's a lawyer went like that. Do you know? Do you know everything? Do you know all about Blackpool? You know where he's got off in Glasgow, where he's left in Glasgow, and even then, but we still. <laughs>
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 